Hi, I'm George Norrie, and welcome to the new iHeartMedia and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Like us on Facebook, tell your friends, and share us with everyone. This is an exciting new network that will feature podcasts of the paranormal, supernatural, and the unexplained. Now please sit back and enjoy Shades of the Afterlife with Sandra Champlain. Hi, I'm Sandra Champlain. For almost 25 years, I've been on a journey to prove the existence of life after death. On each episode, we'll discuss the reasons we now know that our loved ones have survived physical death. And so will we. Welcome to Shades of the Afterlife. Did you know that all human beings share these three fears? The fear of being alone, the fear of failure, and the fear of death. With answering the question, is there life after death, with a big yes, it will change the way we live our lives. We live our lives to experience, so there is no such thing as failure. We won't fear being alone, as we are constantly surrounded by loved ones and guides cheering us on from the invisible space around us. That reminds me, there's a great book by medium Conchetta Bertoli called, Do Dead People Watch You Shower? The answer is no. They don't interfere with our personal lives, and they certainly respect our privacy. Their lives continue in the afterlife, so they're busy. However, they're only a thought away and can be with us in an instant. Even more fantastic is they can multitask. Imagine two sisters having medium readings at the exact same time, yet in two different locations on the globe. Their mother from the afterlife bringing messages for each sister simultaneously. Dr. Gary Schwartz, author of Afterlife Experiments, Breakthrough Scientific Evidence of Life After Death, has done many scientific studies of mediums, authentic mediums that is. Dr. Schwartz is a former Harvard and Yale professor and is now a senior professor at the University of Arizona in psychology, medicine, neurology, and psychiatry. In addition to teaching courses, he directs research at the Laboratory for Advances in Consciousness and Health. He's written many books and published over 450 scientific papers. His latest project is The Soul Phone and heads the soulphonefoundation.org with the goal of making afterlife communication available to everyone through technology. Could you imagine how you'd live your life knowing that your loved one is only a soul phone call or a text away? There's so much great afterlife evidence, but why are we humans still such skeptics? Many of us have been taken advantage of been conned or scammed. And let's face it, when something seems too good to be true, it normally is. We all have egos too. While we like to think of ourselves as not being self-centered, our ego wants to keep fears alive for us. It also wants us to not look crazy to our friends and family. When my book, We Don't Die, came out in 2012, I was so scared of what people would think. I had myself convinced that I'd lose family and friends, and I'd be thought of as a naive new ager. In truth, that's what I called other people, and now I had become one of them. 
However, just the opposite thing happened. I realized most people secretly believe in the afterlife. They just don't share it openly. Many people have had psychic experiences, like knowing the phone will ring, or knowing who is on the other end, or knowing what another person is thinking before they say it. Over three quarters of the world's population belong to a religion that believes in the afterlife. There are television and radio shows galore about the paranormal and the afterlife, yet it's still so hard to believe. If you have your cell phone handy, take a look at it. How in the world does it work? How does it bring us pictures and music and videos and almost all the information in the universe in just a split second? It gets its information through to us from an invisible source. It's pretty amazing, and we all know and trust it to be real. When you think of us humans, we are pretty miraculous ourselves. At one point, each of us were just a little spark, and years later, here we are, just add a little food and water. We are self-generating machines. With all the intelligence the human body possesses, why can't it work like our cell phones, able to communicate with the land our loved ones reside in? Invisible to our eyes, but very real. When you think of a little kid playing, his mom or dad can tell them plenty of times, don't do this or don't do that because you'll get hurt. Only by getting hurt does that kid learn not to do it again. Much is the same for us on our spiritual journey. In one episode, I cannot convince you of anything, but I can spark a flame of curiosity within you to ask those questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Is there life after death? If you were to tell me 25 years ago, I'd be hosting this show, I would have laughed and I would have told you, I don't believe in that stuff. Now I get to witness the most mind-blowing things every week. I ran an online workshop the other day with the great medium and tutor named Paul Jacobs. There was an uneven number of participants, so I got to work with someone. With a bit of instruction about how to quiet our mind, say a prayer, and become very present to the world around us, we had to focus on our feelings and describe those feelings. Those feelings belong to someone who no longer walks this earth. As I was working with my partner, pictures and memories also came into my mind. However, they were not my memories. We were told not to look at our partner and they couldn't say yes or no. So we were free to explore. I gave this woman a vivid account of a grandmother, complete with her being the oldest of a dozen siblings, everyone passing first, including her own husband. She never complained, had worked hard as a mother, but didn't experience much outside the home. I actually felt the love that she had for her granddaughter and got the real feeling that she felt like she was living again with this lady's exciting life. I'm sorry I don't remember all the details I shared with her, but I was shocked to hear her say I was 95% correct about her grandmother, although she had 13 siblings, not 12. Another exercise with another partner, I felt like I was a man and I was pulling carrots out of the garden. 
my new partner told me her grandfather loved gardening vegetables, especially having pride for his carrots. Knowing my experiences may make no difference for you. My strategy on this show is for you to venture out of your comfort zone and have some experiences for yourself telling you there's more to life than meets the eye. Neil Donald Walsh, the author of Conversations with God, says, life begins outside your comfort zone. And I can also add, when you don't listen to your ego. I don't think our ego will ever fully buy into the reality of the afterlife until we depart this earth. Most days, in fact, the great things I've done and experienced seem like they were just a dream. That's why it's so important for us to keep reading books, listening to shows, taking courses, talking to friends about this, to keep this message alive. Gratefully, our ego doesn't get to travel with us to the afterlife. That part of us that is afraid, worried, self-sabotaging gets left here on earth when we take our last breath and we finally see and feel our full magnificence. I want to give you a little taste of the power of the ego and let you see a little bit about who you really are. Let's look at your life. Have you ever had a time that you felt stuck or felt like you couldn't continue and that little voice in your head told you to quit? By the way, I like to call the ego the voice. Have you had a time where you were afraid and chose not to do something instead of being courageous? Have you ever procrastinated putting off something today that you can do tomorrow or taken shortcuts instead of doing something the right way? Have you ever told a little white lie instead of telling the truth? Have you ever felt jealous of other people? Maybe jealous of the car they have or the house they live in or what they do for a living? Have you ever looked in the mirror and the voice doesn't like what it sees, calling you names, trying to make you feel bad for not losing the weight, not taking care of yourself, making you feel bad about the gray hair or maybe no hair? Does it tell you you aren't good enough, smart enough, special enough, loved enough, etc., etc., etc.? Unfortunately, there's no getting rid of the voice. Sorry, it is part of being human. There are ways of dealing with it, however. Many mystics say things like, the purpose of life is to lose self, also known as the ego. And listen to this one. Silence the ego and your power will rise. That's your soul power. That part of you that literally can make miracles happen or have those awe-inspiring synchronicities show up in your life. The soul is what taps into your psychic and mediumistic abilities. They're God-given to all of us, but how many of us stop and take the time to quiet our minds? What would it be like if we weren't stopped by our thoughts and we practiced unconditional love for ourselves and others? Probably there'd be a whole lot less friction in the world and we'd be feeling a lot happier and peaceful. We can start that right now. You can either stop this podcast or do this exercise a little later, but I want to get you a little closer to your true self.
This will only take you five minutes or so. You can jot this down on a piece of paper. One, write down the successes you have had in your life, the little things and the big things, personal as well as professional. What are the things that you have overcome? What have you done to help other people? What have you done in your life that you feel good about? What would other people say your successes are? Come to think of it, you might need a little more than five minutes the first time you do this. Your ego, the voice, won't want you to do this, by the way. It might give you an excuse that you can do this later or say, come on, Sandra, what does this have to do with life after death? I don't need to do this. But when you do this exercise, make sure you look at your answers. Review it to make sure that you have everything written down. Next, what are your good qualities? Are you kind, generous, strategic, confident, funny? It's time to brag about yourself. If you're having problems thinking of things, take a look at the list you wrote. And ask yourself, what kind of person would have accomplished all those great things? You can even write down good things a friend or family member would say about you. Take some time to look at what you've written down. You are one powerful, fabulous person. That, what's on the paper, that's the real you. What if you took a look at this list every day? Do you think you'd feel a little bit more empowered? I think so. It's now time to get in the driver's seat of your life and put the ego in the back seat. Now, not to worry, it won't go far. It'll probably be back before we come back from our break. Our life is for a purpose, and there's lots more great stuff to do and experience to add to your list. But join me in putting the ego or the voice in its place and not having it run our lives. Someday, I promise you, you will take your last breath in this world and the invisible world that our pets and our loved ones live in will become visible. It will feel really good crossing that finish line without the excess baggage of that nagging ego. I'll be back in just a minute and we'll talk about signs our loved ones can send us from the afterlife, letting us know that they still live on. You're listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartMedia and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. With everything you have on your plate, Earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. 
There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, the story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, I'm home. Everyone knows that it's dad's job to be a bit of a joker. Sorry I'm late, everyone. There was an accident at the factory. Monty fell into the upholstery machine. Don't worry, though. He's fully recovered. <sighs> Good one, Dad. <sighs> Did you get the pizza for dinner? So he likes to keep everyone happy with some dad jokes. Yep, right here. I had a coupon, and it saved me a lot of... dough. Well, the truth is, Dad is just a fun guy. Hey, I'm not a mushroom. Please stop. Where does he get these stupid jokes from? He listens to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Oh, great. More dad jokes for me. We've delivered over 15,000 jokes to over 3 million listeners, and man, the postage fees are killing us. Listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every eight minutes, the American Red Cross brings help and hope to people in need. Thanks to the support of everyday heroes like you, the Red Cross is able to respond to disasters big and small, support military families, help ensure that blood is available when needed, and teach life-saving skills like CPR and first aid. Be a hero. Donate today. Visit redcross.org or call 1-800-RED-CROSS. Want to meet like-minded people just like you? Go now to paranormaldate.com. This is George Norrie, and you're listening to the new iHeartMedia and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network, heard on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you find your favorite shows. Welcome back to Shades of the Afterlife. I'm Sandra Champlain. Have you ever had a sign from your loved one in the afterlife? Many people find a feather, some coins, hear a loved one's favorite song, and believe they are signs. Are they? How do we know for sure what is and isn't a sign from a loved one? Well, that's what we're going to discuss now. When we pass into the afterlife, I am so sorry to report that we don't know all the information in the universe. While we no longer have the ego and are super loving and wonderful, we don't have all the answers, and there still is learning to be done. We will have our life review, look at what we accomplished, what we could have done better. There may even be some forgiveness that needs to happen. We won't be alone. We will have our loved ones and some wise beings helping us along the way. We may need a little time to adjust, 
We may be blown away by the beauty and magic of the afterlife, reuniting with loved ones who have gone before us and playing with our pets, or just having a great time communicating and making things happen with our thoughts. A lifetime of dieting on earth may lead to a whole lot of hot fudge sundaes in the afterlife. And you may be trying out what body to live in from your favorite years or one without restrictions. Some people immediately want to communicate with their loved ones still on earth. Some do not. I can remember meeting up with some friends that I hadn't seen for a long time. And although I promised my mom I'd call her immediately to let her know I'd arrived, I was having too much fun to do so. I did, however, eventually call her. There's a bit of a problem for us here on Earth. We have something they don't have in the afterlife. It's a four-letter word, and it is time. T-I-M-E. For us... 20 years without our beloved person means a lifetime of grief. For them, it's just the blink of an eye and we are back together. This has always been a hard subject for me to grasp. There's something called time dilation that astronauts know something about. If you take two clocks, one on Earth and one in outer space, the one in outer space ticks slower than the one on Earth. In fact, astronauts age slower in space than they do on Earth. Now, times that by a gazillion, and one of our lifetimes is just one of their afternoons. I don't know if viewing our life on Earth from the afterlife is like watching a movie or how they do it. But they do, and through good mediums, time and time again, they give details of what they see is happening with us in our daily lives. Many talk about continuing to learn in the afterlife. There's a place called the Halls of Learning, where we can learn anything we wish. We can learn how to give loved ones signs and communicate them. While we don't have our egos, we still have our personalities. If we were shy or quiet or reserved, we don't become loud and boisterous in the afterlife. If we were polite and let others go before we took a turn, we would do the same thing in the afterlife. If while alive, we didn't believe in the afterlife and thought it ridiculous to communicate with the dead, it wouldn't be the first thing on our to-do list once we got there. My grandmother, Betsy, was a sweet, caring, not outspoken, and never aggressive woman. After she passed, I waited a long time before I knew she had made it there safely. It's my personal opinion that she let others go before her, just the way she did in life. Now, my dad was very outgoing and a real people person, always helping others. Immediately after my dad died, New mediums that I would meet would say, Was your dad an airline pilot? Was his name John? He walks by your side and he's helping you on your life's mission. By the way, when we attend a medium demonstration, the loved ones on the other side work together to let someone speak through the medium to get messages to the person left on earth. Often it's the people that are having the toughest time with grief that get the messages, or the person in the spirit world has an important message to give, an apology 
or something not resolved on earth. Here's an example. After my book came out, a gentleman I knew confided in me that he had met a medium. This woman approached him on the street, saying that she had a message from his deceased father. The message was, I hid some gold coins behind a loose brick on the fireplace. While this man didn't believe in mediums or the afterlife, his father had indeed died. When he got home, he found a loose brick and imagined his surprise that there were gold coins stashed behind it. There's a Brazilian movie from 2010 called Astral City, which does a great job showing life in the afterlife, complete with the halls of learning. They are taught how to communicate with their loved ones on earth with thoughts and signs. The tough part of it, no matter how hard they try to communicate, it is very easy for our human minds and egos to think these signs are just our imagination or wishful thinking. One type of sign we receive is a dream visitation. Your loved ones show up in your dreams, very often happy, well, and with a message or leaving you feeling like you've actually seen them. Dream visitations leave you feeling like it was much more than a dream, and memories of dreams can easily fade, but these tend to linger like it was so real because it was real. When our minds are relaxed and often in the sleep states, we can have these dream visitations. They leave us feeling loved and feeling happy. If we have a dream of the loved one that leaves us feeling guilty or bad or it's a nightmare, well, that's our own subconscious at work. Communicating through dreams does feel like our imagination. Yet remember, our imagination faculty is what is used in psychic and medium readings. We can also sense their presence. Have you ever felt like your loved one was with you? You might feel them by your side or think you see them out of the corner of your eye. You might feel their touch on your shoulder. You could sense them while they were alive, right? So why not feel their presence when they're in the afterlife? Only their body is gone. Their essence remains. Feeling their touch. You may feel their touch on your hand or head, them stroking your hair, giving you a hug or even a kiss on the cheek. If you've had a pet, you may feel the kneading of the paws of the kitty or having your dog snuggled beside you. There's a great practice you can try. Talking to your loved one and asking them to draw close to you. Have them slowly move close and put their hand on your shoulder or have them kiss you on the cheek. Remember, they are learning this too and need time to figure it out. Set a regular time and date to practice this with them. Remember, they have a lot to learn especially how to manipulate energy. They are most likely trying to get the message to you that they have survived as much as you want to receive the message from them. Pay attention to smells. You may smell your grandfather's pipe, your mom's favorite cologne, 
the cinnamon rolls your grandmother always baked when you came to visit. There are many smells associated with loved ones. Smells are ways your loved one can say, I'm still here. Hearing their voice. You can hear them calling your name just the way they always did. Again, this may seem like your imagination, but the more we trust and even write down the signs we are getting along with the others, the more we realize they are trying to communicate with us in every way they can. Keep a journal nearby and write them down. Images that come into your mind. Just before bed one night after my dad died, I was sad and really missing him. Just then, what seemed to be a slideshow of memories that I had with my dad came into my mind, one right after the other. Things I haven't thought of in years. There's no way that my mind could have created so many images so quickly. I knew it was my dad saying, I'm still here. Electrical signs. The lights in your house flicker. The television goes on all by itself or changes channels. The smoke detector goes off with fresh batteries in it and no sign of smoke. Phone calls or text messages. Sometimes the phone rings with no one on the other side where you get a strange text message. Sometimes emails come in. While they may or may not come from that person's phone or email address, Pay attention to the words as sometimes there's a message for you within them. Receiving a sign or a message. After my friend's husband died, she took a run on the beach early one morning. It just happened to be her birthday and what washed up on the shore right in front of her was a deflated Mylar happy birthday balloon. I also believe they can get our attention to notice things. You might be driving and stop at an intersection. Something tells you to look at the license plate of the car in front of you. There you see it, the name of your loved one on the license plate. Again, you have to be in the present moment to notice these things. When you are too busy thinking about the past or the future, you leave no room for our friends to show you a sign. I know I've mentioned this quote before on the show, but it bears repeating by Silver Birch. The activity of your world is the silence of ours. The silence of your world is the activity of ours, meaning they can get through to us when our minds are silent and free from distractions. Songs on the radio. There are songs that your loved one loved and also songs that when you pay attention to the lyrics, they'll have a special message for you. After my book was published, I received an email from a young woman whose brother had accidentally shot himself with a BB gun. She couldn't forgive herself and expressed to me that she didn't want to live any longer. At that time, I heard that it's very difficult for our loved ones to get through to us if we are deeply grieving. I gave her some tools like listening to her favorite music, going outside for a walk, and getting some sunshine, talking with friends, meditating, all to help loosen the hold grief had on her. I was so grateful to receive an email from her a couple weeks later. 
her brother did in fact begin communicating with music. He had a very strange taste in music, she said, and his favorite song was never played on the radio. Suddenly, every time she turned on the radio, that song seemed to be on. She believed with all of her heart that her brother was trying to get through to her, and she got her life back. Moving objects. Things can fall off the shelves. Paintings can fall off walls. Things can slide across a table or even seem to levitate. One of the fellas who interviewed me after my book came out told me he was having a fight with his son in their kitchen after his wife died. He said the lid of a cookie jar flew off the top of the refrigerator and landed on the floor just between the father and son. This was his sign to love his son and stop the fighting. Finding things. Coins and feathers are often found by people believing they are from their loved one in the afterlife. If you find a coin with a special significant date on it, it may be a sign from your loved one. If your loved one collected a certain kind of coin and you start finding them everywhere, that certainly could be a sign. We do have to use our common sense with all signs. And like I said, keep a notebook or journal to see the repetition. We're going to take a short break and hear more about signs from the afterlife. You're listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartMedia and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, I'm home. Everyone knows that it's dad's job to be a bit of a joker. Sorry I'm late everyone. There was an accident at the factory. Monty fell into the upholstery machine. Don't worry though, he's fully recovered. <gasps> Good one dad. <sighs> Did you get the pizza for dinner? So he likes to keep everyone happy with some dad jokes. Yep, right here. I had a coupon and it saved me a lot of dough. Well, the truth is, Dad is just a fun guy. Hey, I'm not a mushroom. Please stop. Where does he get these stupid jokes from? He listens to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Oh, great. More dad jokes for me. We've delivered over 15,000 jokes to over 3 million listeners, and man, the postage fees are killing us. Listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Well, 2020 has been quite a year, and most of us are glad it's almost over. Live shows all over have been brought to a halt, but it's only a matter of time before they're back. Make sure and go to the coasttocoastam.com website under our events section for the latest updates on live theater shows, expos, and more. Go now to coasttocoastam.com. That's coasttocoastam.com. The Internet is an extraordinary resource that links our children to a world of information, experiences, and ideas. It can also expose them to risk. Teach your children the basic safety rules of the virtual world. Our children are everything. Do everything for them. Hey, it's producer Tom of Coast to Coast AM, and you're listening to Shades of the Afterlife with Sandra Champlain on the new iHeartMedia and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Don't forget, you can listen to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you find your favorite shows. Welcome back to Shades of the Afterlife. I'm Sandra Champlain. We were discussing signs our loved ones send us from the afterlife, letting us know that they are okay and still with us. While many authentic signs do come from our imagination, we do have to use our common sense. One lady found a bunch of feathers in a park and was so delighted thinking her beloved husband was sending signs from the afterlife. However, On the other side of the park bench and the bush was a bird who had died and its feathers were all over the place. Now, I spoke with another woman who kept finding large white feathers after her son had died. She found some outside, yes, but she also found them in strange places, such as inside her suitcase after the bag had been packed. Talk to your loved one. Don't just keep their memory alive, but literally talk with them. You can sit at a table, set an empty chair across from yours, have a cup of coffee or tea or something stronger, and an empty cup for your loved one. Make a practice of talking with them. You can certainly ask them for a specific sign, but then leave them some time to work on it, to practice it, to learn how to do it. Your life is about living for sure. 
but it doesn't hurt to keep the relationship open with them. After all, they'll be the first one to meet you when your time comes. If your mind says, that's my imagination, you can say to yourself, that's right. And that's how those in the afterlife communicate with us. I would love to hear your stories of signs you've received from a loved one in the afterlife. If you'd like to share with me, you can go to iHeartRadio.com, type in Shades of the Afterlife in the search box. Then on the show's page, if you scroll down to the bottom, you'll see a chat box and you'll need to sign into Facebook and let me know what you think of the show and the signs you've received. If there's also an afterlife topic you'd like to hear more about in future episodes, let me know. I'm certainly here to help. What I'd like to do next is talk a little bit about the genius and intuitive ability of your soul. One of the things I stumbled across in my search for evidence of the afterlife was something called remote viewing. While it didn't prove the existence of the afterlife per se, What it did prove to me is this amazing extrasensory perception, yes, ESP, we humans all share. When you get a little taste of being able to do something which your ego or voice says is impossible, then you start realizing you really could be a powerful eternal soul. I took a course in remote viewing with a physicist named Russell Targ. About 50 of us were in the course, and honestly, I was very skeptical, but Russell Targ is a man of scientific background who has spent a lifetime studying ESP. In fact, one of his books is called The Reality of ESP, A Physicist's Proof of Psychic Abilities. Russell Targ was born in Chicago in 1934. He is one of the founding fathers of the laser beam and received two National Aeronautics and Space Administration Awards for inventions and contributions in lasers and laser communications. But as a boy, Russell would often meet new people and would have images appear in his mind about that person. He saw images of the houses they lived in and the pets they had. He would accurately tell people what he saw in his mind's eye. The people assumed he was doing some sort of magic trick, but Russell knew there was something else happening here. I felt I was in really good hands for the weekend learning remote viewing with Russell Targ as he's a credible resource with a scientific mind. I think you'll like this because we can compare it to all the psychic and medium things that we've been talking about here on the show. It was a weekend course that I took, and on the first night, after some lecture, we jumped right into some of these experiments. Russell Targ was holding a brown paper bag, and he gave each one of us a sketch pad and a pencil and instructed us to close our eyes, clear our minds, and intend to see, using only our minds, what was in the bag. We were to draw on the sketch pad images of what we saw in our mind's eye. Now, here's the thing. He didn't want us to try to figure it out. We have two sides of our mind, one that wants to figure things out and one that can remote view. So basically, all we needed to do was write down what we saw. 
The voice that we've been talking about, this ego, was quick to point out that I was probably in the wrong class, that this wasn't real, stupid, waste of time. It's going to work for everybody else, but not me. So thankfully, Russell Targ talked about that voice and told us we have to let it go. Use our intention and just imagine what we saw in the bag, what kind of things came to mind. So what came to my mind right off the bat was silver engine parts. I also saw an X or a cross or a plus sign, and I drew that on my paper. So when Russell opened the bag, he took out a small toy helicopter. So maybe the engine parts told me it was mechanical, and maybe the plus sign was the propeller of the helicopter. I really don't know, but I felt it was cool. So that was the first night. He left us with an assignment to bring a unique item into class the next day. Before class, I found my object. I had it already packed in my suitcase. It was a large plastic serrated knife. My mom and I travel catering and just so happens I picked this up so I could cut some bread. This serrated knife was about eight inches long, an inch and a half wide, and it was bright green. I went to class that morning, again, thinking this experiment's going to work for everybody but me. It's amazing how loud that inner voice can be. I remember the partner I had. His, he was a young man named John, and I coaxed him into going first. So we had each had a brown paper bag, and we had our object hidden in the bag. John closed his eyes and began to relax. Using his intention and his imagination, he told me that what was in my bag was a flat object. He held his hands out about eight inches wide, and he said, it's about this big. I tried to keep a poker face, not giving him any reaction that his images in his mind were actually right. I asked him to draw what he saw. It looked like a ruler, and he drew something that looked like the serrated blade part of the knife, and he kept saying king's crown. It reminded him of a king's crown. Then he said, Sandra, I feel this is something you use in your right hand. Now I am right-handed and I do. <laughs> he also said it was very, very light. And then he said something that I couldn't relate to. He said on the handle of this object, he saw a cloud. I didn't know what this meant. No cloud that I knew of, but Russell Targ said our minds won't be 100% accurate because our imagination gets involved while we try to remote view. And the same thing holds true with psychics and mediums, by the way. When they're doing their work, what's really coming from the spirit world and what's part of their imagination. So very often, if you can't relate to something, they have to go back in and see, because it was their imagination. 15 minutes had passed, and John did his part of trying to review what was in my bag. And when I pulled out this green plastic serrated knife, I was astounded because on the handle, the logo of the company was written inside of a cloud. Now, I didn't know that was there, so he couldn't have even mind read me. So when it was my turn to remote view, again, still scared. Oh, this fear is a terrible thing, but it's part of all of our lives, I think. I took a deep breath and I closed my eyes. 
The first thing I saw was the color silver. So I wrote that down. The next thing I saw in my mind's eye was a lady's silver ring. And it had three gemstones on it, one blue, one red, and one green. And then I got the image of a clothespin. I kept thinking it was something about opening and closing that was significant. Then I saw a strawberry in my mind. And John asked me, well, what was significant about the strawberry? My intuition said it was something about the texture. Feeling bumps like on a strawberry is what this object feels like when I brush my fingers against it. Finally, John asked, what size did I think this object was? And I drew a small rectangle on the paper, probably about three inches wide and four inches long. And the bell rang after about 15 minutes of remote viewing, and my time was up. It was a flip phone, kind of like the clothespin that I saw in my mind. It was almost exactly the same size that I drew on my piece of paper. Touching it, the keys on it felt like the strawberry. I felt, yeah, I felt them. And then what was amazing is remember I told you about the silver ring with the three gemstones? Well, on this flip phone, there was a silver circle and inside it, there was a green button for talk, a red button for end and a blue button for menu. And those were all the colors that I saw. So to me, that was a holy cow experience. Wow. It was the first time I ever experienced anything like that. Long before the psychic and long before the medium, I'm having an experience of ESP. But what you have to know is everybody in the entire class was able to correctly remote view. Some people got more details than others, but everybody was able to do this. So again, we are all souls with this inherent ability, a very powerful ability. From there, we did other kind of experiments. Russell would put pictures in envelopes and we had to remote view and see the attributes of the things in the pictures. Different things would happen. One of the pictures, in my mind's eye, I saw a European town, an old marketplace, children running around, a fountain in the middle. When he pulled the picture out of the envelope, you could see the European town square. You could see the fountain in the middle, but there were no children in it. So it was something like I was remote viewing something that had happened in the past. An instance of something that happened that I think is remote viewing is 14 years before the Titanic ship sank. A gentleman by the name of Morgan Robertson wrote a book called Futility or the Wreck of the Titan. And the similarities between his work and the Titanic disaster are really astonishing. Both his fiction book and the real Titanic were the largest craft afloat, equal to a first-class hotel, and of course, unsinkable. Both the ship he created in what he thought was his imagination and the real Titanic were British-owned steel vessels, both around 800 feet long, and sank after hitting an iceberg in the North Atlantic in April around midnight. Even the distance was just about right, 400 miles from Newfoundland at 25 knots. 
It actually crashed into an iceberg 400 miles from Newfoundland, but at 22.5 knots. And of course, in the book, in the real Titanic, neither of them had enough lifeboats for everyone on board. So it's really fascinating. What we think is our imagination may not be. We do have the power to tap into the past, present, and future. The future hasn't happened yet, so we don't know for sure. It is said that we all have free will, but who knows, maybe some major events are outside of this free will. If you're interested, download the app on your cell phone called ESP Trainer. It's free and was developed under a NASA program by Russell Targ at the Stanford Research Institute. I know you'll enjoy it. I'll be back in just a minute, and we'll continue our chat on remote viewing. I'll even give you a little homework that will probably blow your mind, in a good way. You're listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartMedia and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. (laughs) You couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing. Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, I'm home. Everyone knows that it's dad's job to be a bit of a joker. Sorry I'm late, everyone. There was an accident at the factory. Monty fell into the upholstery machine. Don't worry, though. He's fully recovered. (sighs) Good one, Dad. (sighs) Did you get the pizza for dinner? So he likes to keep everyone happy with some dad jokes. Yep, right here. I had a coupon, and it saved me a lot of... dough. Well, the truth is, Dad is just a fun guy. Hey, I'm not a mushroom. Please stop. Where does he get these stupid jokes from? He listens to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Oh, great. More dad jokes for me. We've delivered over 15,000 jokes to over 3 million listeners, and man, the postage fees are killing us. Listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. 
Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The Coast to Coast AM mobile app is here and waiting for you right now. And with the app, you can hear classic shows from the past seven years, listen to the current live show, and get access to the Art Bell Vault where you can listen to uninterrupted audio. Head on over to the coasttocoastam.com website. We have a handy video guide to help you get the most out of your mobile app usage. All the info is waiting for you now at coasttocoastam.com. That's coasttocoastam.com. Hey, the Coast to Coast AM YouTube channel is waiting for you now. Go to coasttocoastam.com for more information. You're listening to Shades of the Afterlife with Sandra Champlain on the new iHeartMedia and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Don't forget, you can listen to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you find your favorite shows. back to Shades of the Afterlife. I'm Sandra Champlain, and we're talking about the ESP technique called remote viewing. Over the course of the weekend, we did all kinds of experiments with remote viewing, tapping into the past, the present, and the future. Unfortunately, it doesn't work for picking lottery numbers or winning at a casino. However, One of the things that I wondered about is if we could do remote viewing by ourselves. We always needed to have a partner in the experiments that we did in the workshop. At the retreat center I was at, I went to my room after class and I noticed a magazine. It's called Woman's World. It was my grandmother's favorite magazine and I had bought it for her every week. And after Grammy died, I still continued to buy them just to stay close to her memory. So I decided to see if I could remote view the pictures that were in the magazine. I hadn't opened the magazine before, so I didn't know what pictures were inside. So I thought to myself, show me the pictures from page 27. So I held that intention in my mind. I had a notepad and my mind was quickly flooded with all kinds of images, which I wrote down really quickly. I saw grapes. I saw a wine glass. The Statue of Liberty popped into my mind a beach ball, a small bird, some ice cubes, red lipstick, a lollipop. I listed about 20 different things in total. You know I was excited when I turned to page 27, assuming that I was so brilliant and that the images that were in my mind were actually on that page. However, not a single one of them was. I was disappointed, as you could imagine, and realized that we couldn't do remote viewing alone. But guess what happened? I decided to read the magazine. As I read it before going to bed, I noticed the Statue of Liberty 
was on page seven. The little bird on page four. The glass of wine on page eight. The beach ball on page 38. The ice cubes in a drink on page 29. The lollipop on page 34. And the lipstick on page 17. Almost all of the images that I saw in my mind's eye were actually somewhere in that magazine. I can still feel that excitement so many years later. I went to bed that night with an indescribable feeling that there really is so much more to me than I realized. And there's also so much more to you. By the way, I've done that experiment several times since then. And although not all the images are in there, many of them are. So what part of us can scroll through a magazine in a split second and get those images? It's really incredible. So back into class on the final day, Russell Targ told us that space and time are just illusions. There is nothing real about them. They are only moments of now, which are made up of all the experiences that have ever happened to anyone, anywhere. Like I said earlier, it's very hard for me to understand this concept of time not being real. So if you're not getting it, no problem. It's okay. The final exercise we did in class was to remote view the future. Russell had two bags, each containing some kind of unique object. He told us that in 15 minutes, he would flip a coin and that would determine which bag was going to be opened. However, we were to remote view the contents of the correct bag before the coin was tossed. Out came our notebooks. I closed my eyes, held the intention of seeing the object that would come out of the bag in 15 minutes time. The first thing I saw in my mind was a round ball. It was about the size of a tennis ball. It was dark brown, felt like brown leather. I thought to myself, no, it's not a ball. It's more like a hockey puck. A couple of random images came to my mind. Teeth, a lemon, and a woman's stretchy bracelet. Thinking back to my friend John, I wondered what it was about the bracelet that was a clue. Something you hold with two hands and pull or stretch, I told myself. Then a teacup came to my mind, a silver teacup with a piece of lemon in it, and I saw a hook. My mind was trying to figure this out because most teacups don't have hooks. But I remembered Russell telling us that our minds can only see parts of an object and not to try to figure it out. Soon our time was up. It was now time to open the bag. Before the flip of the coin, Many of us raised our hand and shared what we saw. There were many of us with so many similar characteristics. We saw silver, small, brown, round leather item, a hook, and a cup. The coin was flipped. It landed on heads. The first of the two bags was opened. Russell reached into his bag and pulled out a small object. It was brown, round, leather-like, about the size of a tennis ball, but shaped like a hockey puck. I was right. He lifted the cover and a hook was exposed. Pulling on the hook, which became the handle, the shape of a silver teacup started to arise. 
Russell pulled the cup with both hands and twisted it into place. It was the same stretch motion as I felt of the woman's stretchy bracelet. The hidden object was a -a one-of-a-kind, antique, portable, collapsible silver teacup. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. You might be wondering what was in the other bag. Well, it was a purple stuffed animal Easter rabbit. Now, something else that was pretty cool is I wrote my book 10 years ago, something like that. I knew the title was going to be called We Don't Die, but I didn't have a subtitle. I had a friend of mine who was also trying to brainstorm a subtitle. On a flight, I actually thought of a subtitle, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. It was the exact thing I wanted to say, and I knew it was the perfect subtitle. I called my friend to say, guess what? I've got the subtitle, and asked him to call me back. Well, when he did call me back, this is a big man, and he was crying. He was blown away because just a few hours before, he had written down the exact same seven words for my subtitle thinking he created it. I think I created it. I don't know who tapped into what, but it was absolutely amazing. So then he had to learn how to remote view and teaching a technique like this to someone who has no belief in it. And it really does. The only expression I can use is blow your mind. So how do you remote view? Because I'm assuming you want to play around with this. I recommend you try it with a friend or someone you trust. It's important that one person act as an interviewer and the other a receiver. You should have a notebook for this exercise. So have your friend hide an object in a bag, a box, or a drawer. The object you use should be at least a few inches big, but smaller than a loaf of bread. The remote viewing mind of ours loves unique items. So pick an item with different characteristics, something that your mind will find interesting. A dimly lit room is preferred to help relax the mind. If you are the one doing the remote viewing, write your name and the date on the top of the paper with the words, I am a remote viewer. The interviewer then says, I have an object that needs a description. The receiver should write down any initial images that come to mind. Often we get so excited about remote viewing and anticipate what we might see or worry that we get it wrong that our mind is already full of images. So take a few minutes and write down every image you see. Just try to relax and clear your mind. Take a deep breath, then draw a line beneath all those original images and start again. If you are the receiver, close your eyes. Have the intention to see the elements of the hidden object. Pay attention to any shapes or forms that begin to come to your mind. Your interviewer should say, describe the surprising shapes and images that appear in your awareness. Feel free to draw pictures or write down images of things that come into your mind. Very often, your initial images will be the most important and set the tone for the entire experiment. Remember, remote viewing will show you parts of an object, not the overall object. And now don't try to figure out what the object is. 
your analytical mind will take over and that part of you that is remote viewing will be shut down. So you can't start again until you relax. When you write down all the images that have appeared in your mind, chat with your interviewer for a moment or two, and then close your mind, take a few deep breaths, and go into it again. The interviewer can help you stay focused by asking you questions like, what are you experiencing now? How do you feel about the target? Are there any new or surprising elements? What are you experiencing that makes you say that? Remember how I saw the strawberry and the clothespin? What I was experiencing was the texture of the bumps on the strawberry and the opening and closing action of the clothespin. The interviewer can also have you imagine that you're holding the object in your hand and ask you, does it have a color? Is it shiny? Does it have sharp edges? What could you do with it? Does it have any movable parts? Does it have an odor? Is it heavy? Is it light? Is it wood? Is it plastic, metal, or glass? If need be, you can repeat this process until you get all the bits of information. And usually it takes about 10 to 15 minutes. By the way, you need to be willing to be wrong to effectively do remote viewing. And you know what? The same thing holds true when you're doing a psychic reading or a mediumship reading. You have to be willing to get it wrong and to get a no takes the pressure off and it also makes it fun and chances are it actually will give you an accurate reading. Here's another rule. Write down everything that you see when you remote view. Often the interviewer will reveal an object and you might say, oh, I just saw that in my mind, but I didn't write it down. Here's the deal. You must write it down for it to count. I do hope you try this, and I also hope you try the magazine trick. And again, you can do that on your own. Have a magazine that you've never held before in your hand, and just have that intention of what images are in that magazine. And it's interesting because you may see like spokes of a wheel, and it may appear as a wagon wheel, but in your mind, you don't know exactly what it is. So you really, you have to look in it uh, with fine detail to look for your images. But I do think you will be amazed. And I recommend that you look into Russell Targ and Limitless Mind and remote viewing. It's pretty wonderful. I have written about remote viewing and other practices that exercise that infinite soul we all are. And that's in my book, We Don't Die. And if you haven't heard this already, if you go to sandrachamplain.com, there's a little pop-up box that comes up. And if you want to join my email list, it says I'll give you a few things. One is a recording called How to Survive Grief, which is very, very healing and gives you really good understanding about grief. But it also says, read a few chapters of my book, We Don't Die. Well, here's the secret. It's the whole book. So you can read the PDF. Certainly, if you want to purchase the book, great. But you can read the PDF of it right there on the website. Like I said before, There's more to life than meets the eye. There's more to you than you know. Signs from your loved ones are real. And 
you may want to ask yourself this question. If something were to happen to you, and all of a sudden, you're in the spirit world, you're in the afterlife, what kind of signs would you give to the person left here on earth? Or if you're working through a medium, what would you say about yourself that would have the person know, yes, that's really my loved one? So think about it because we'll all be there sooner or later. Thank you so much for spending this time with me. This is Sandra Champlain, and you've been listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartMedia and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. You've been listening to Shades of the Afterlife with Sandra Champlain. For shows like this and others, please make sure to tune into the new iHeartMedia and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you find your favorite shows. Like us on Facebook, tell your friends, and share us with everyone.